Come on in, guys. Welcome back into Talking Llama. Matt and Jared here for episode nine of Survivor 42. And Jared, there's really the no other place to start this week besides the end. I don't see how we can lead up to that. I think we just got to just jump into the Tribal Council fireworks. How about that challenge, though, huh? What a dumb challenge. What a dumb. We'll save our thoughts on that. <laughs> split, split group immunity. Not a fan. Not a fan. Um. So yes, we had two two groups, one with immunity from each, you know, one winner from each, one player going home from each. Two players going home tonight. Um, on the let's get the orange tribal out of the way. Rock Troy goes home. Pretty straightforward. We'll circle back to that. Then the blue tribe shows up, or the blue group, which was Lindsay, Jonathan, Marianne, Tori, and Drea. And when Rock Troy got voted out, he went straight to the jury. So he was the second member along with Chanel. And the next group comes in. Andrea had been the plan, at least last we saw, that Jonathan was trying to target her, get rid of a big player who had an idol and unknown or known to him, a lot of other goodies as well. So makes sense to target her. Big, big threat in the game. Uh, but Drea and Marianne come in and see Chanel and Roxroy on the jury together. And they get onto a discussion about race and Jared and I aren't sociological experts by any, by any stretch of the imagination. So we're going to do our best to discuss this in a survivor centric way, along with whatever else might come up. Um, so just bear that in mind. We're just a couple of millennial idiots who have some thoughts here. Um, so Drea, who was already suspicious of of what was going to happen comes in and said she's going to play her idol and they she they um drea and marianne don't want to be a part of sending a third consecutive black player out of the game that i think of the best way to phrase this in to kind of circle back or start over in a broad sense there is a history on survivor and reality shows of what Drea says of saying every point, every time there's a game, in the, there's a point in the game where the black players go, go out, boom, boom, boom. And whatever reasons there are for that, that's a discussion for another time. It'll vary across the board. There is a history of that in Big Brother and Survivor, the two probably closest competition games out there. Um, Big Brother didn't have their, I think their first black winner until this, in this, until this past season. And then it was, a moment or a topic of interest, shall we say, within the survivor community, resulting in the the new diversity initiative, you know, requiring 50% of the cast to be um, BIPOC, you know, black, indigenous people of color. Um, so it is on the forefront of everyone's minds. And the last few years, don't need to rehash all of that has been going on. Race has been a topic of discussion just in culture. Anywhere you look, it's it's there. So it makes sense that in a game like Survivor, it's going to come out at some point or another in one way or another and 
it came out in season 41 in a tribal council as well. And here, Drea and Marianne both don't want to be a part of, like I said, sending a third consecutive black player to the jury. And that's completely their prerogative. One of the things that I find so fascinating about this show is people trying to reconcile the game mechanics and game perspective, game strategy with their, we'll call it real life feelings and experiences and emotions. Um, we, we even heard, we even heard, um, I think it was high earlier in the episode saying he has a choice between an emotional decision and a strategic decision. And that's at the basis of kind of every single vote or many of them most likely. And here it just happens to be more of a serious, not, it's not just high, not liking Romeo. And that's the emotion part behind it versus voting out Rockstar, which would be the strategic vote. Um, so it's, it puts commentators, I guess, if you will, in a, in a tricky position to kind of dissect what happened here. And I'll let you jump in a second here, Jared. I've been going off a little bit here. Um, I'm just trying to find, rather than rewatching it, I have Dalton Ross's uh, recap up, and he has some of the, the quotes from, from the tribal council. Unless you have anything you want to say while I get that stuff down. Uh, I, <laughs> I think it's tricky if you don't just say how you feel. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think that's where the hard decision comes in is like, how honest can you be? And, um, even if you're honest and you're trying, I mean, you can be totally honest and be non-judgmental and just say what you think what you think happened and what your thoughts on it are, um, that can be taken so many ways. And uh, that's, I, I think the tricky part It's I, yeah, I don't think it'd be tricky for me to just say how I feel about this, but um, honestly, when you, you don't know who's listening and all that, it's, uh, it gets complicated, so. No, that that's the that's the really hard hard part because I mean for there's a lot of reasons behind that. One, we're only seeing a snippet yeah. of of what that conversation was. I'm sure, actually, I know because we know travel council goes for an hour or more most of the time. That there was much more that was said from everyone involved probably than what we saw. That was just a boiled down best example, maybe if you will, best representation of the of the full conversation. Um, but, but we know there's more that we didn't see. So we don't know what was said. If, if there were any full on arguments or what happened, they seem to leave on pretty good terms together. Um, but so what happens is Drea comes in and Jeff asked her about like the look, she, the look she had in her face. And she says, and, and then it always happens where at one point the black contestants get, gets the black contestants, sorry, get booted out. Boom, boom, boom. And then that's exactly what it, this is right now. So yeah, I'm pissed. And probes then ask her, so do you think it's a, you think it's about race or you think it's race related? And Andrea says that subconsciously a little bit of that, unfortunately, I'm not going to let that happen to another one of us point blank. It's a reset for me. This was a game changer. And then Marianne tells Tori, I can't write Drea's name down. I literally cannot. 
I walked into tribal. I saw two black people. I cannot write her name down. I am so sorry. I literally, I literally can't morally. I cannot write her name down. A lot of big stuff there. Yeah. So I, th- I think with, with Drea's point, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing to say. I think the subconscious card is a little unfair one to play. Yeah. Um, because you, you can't prove or disprove it either way. That's the idea of, of something being subconscious. And some, someone in on the outside, Jonathan, Lindsay, and Tori in this situation, you can't, there's really no good response to that aside from just like sitting there, which in a game of Survivor where your word is really all you have to go on, it puts them in a, in a tough bargaining position, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And Jonathan even specified when he was saying like, well, at first he said, are you calling me racist? And then he said, oh, okay. Okay. So you're calling me subconsciously racist still. And, um, they kind of, they're like, no, 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 we're not doing that. And, um, it, yeah. And another thing about the subconscious point is that like, if it's subconscious, like, are, are you in control of your subconscious feelings? Like, sure. You don't even know if it's true or not, but if it was true, still, what can you do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Especially like on the Island in that point, but, but yeah, so that's, that's a tough one because I don't know. It's, it, it's really hard to, to navigate that. I loved how Lindsay just kind of sat there. She, she, I don't know, again, this was maybe just the edit, but it really seemed like she was really working to think through what she wanted to say. And then said something, I can't remember what she said exactly, but it was really well put. And Jonathan, but and understandably so, was a little defensive. And I think the way he said it didn't come off great. But I think the idea behind what he was asking is if we're subconsciously voting people out because of their race, are you saying I'm subconsciously racist? It's a, it's a fair counter question to ask. I think he was maybe a little in their face about it, but in the split moment, it's, I, I get why he would, would, would come across that way. How, how could you not be though? I mean, that's like, it's, it's one of the, uh, to, to just assume, to be assumed like biased, prejudiced, like it's, uh, it's like, I, I don't know what I can do about that. It's just, like you're just calling me that and if i defend myself then i'm wrong and if i just sit there and take it then i feel also bad so there's uh he was definitely in a tough spot and um i i don't think yeah i just don't know what he could have done differently i mean he's he's gonna feel how he feels and they're gonna feel how they feel and they're the ones making the accusations and he's just there like he didn't he didn't ask for any of this he 
hasn't been involved in any of the past seasons where you're alluding to this happening. Like he just came in to play the game and he, by all accounts, seems to get along with people on his tribe. Um, obviously a little, a little out of touch with, uh, some strategy earlier in the show, but yeah, that moment, <laughs> that moment was with, with, with Lindsay, that moment yeah. was incredible. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah. So like at, at worst, I think so far they've shown him to be a bad strategic player and a little controlling. Yep. Um, yeah, but that doesn't doesn't make him a racist and doesn't mean that he's going to like sitting there and being called one. Yeah. Yeah. Um and the the one one thing that I don't think it it shouldn't need to be said, but I think it needs to be said. Drea and Marianne's experience in life and in Survivor, I'm not taking and we're not taking anything away from that. That's they, I'm sure I know they have good reason to feel the way they do. I can't put myself in their position watching a show like this that you love and seeing the people you know, like you not have that sustained extended success. And whether it's a casting except for, issue, except for the four winners, right? Well, you, you know, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> dating you, back to 2001 or 2002. You, you know 20, what I, you know 20 years ago you know what I'm you know what I'm saying though where there's very few black people or non-white people cast on the show early on and if you're a fan from the beginning I I can see where that would be frustrating to watch for a number of reasons and then if you combine that with whatever their personal life experiences are I I absolutely understand where those feelings come into play and then you're tired and hungry frustrated for other reasons people you're not getting along with that's complete and it's completely their prerogative to to vote how they want to vote use their idols how they want to use them but whenever you bring race into it it's just such a heavy topic and there's really no good way to have that discussion in a situation like survivor like they, they always edit it to make it seem like it was a very productive conversation but I don't know in reality how how well all that works when it's in such an intense environment. Yeah, and we've we've talked about this a little bit before too, where even in past seasons, um, we you and me view this a little differently in that I think bringing it up now and talking about what a disadvantage some people, regardless of what the reason is, uh, like have coming into the game um, and pointing out that like at some point, you know, all the black players go home, boom, boom, boom. When there's been, I mean, it just discounts or discredits everything that the very successful black players before them have done. And it's, it's not like they were on the show and everything was great. And like they, they had an easy time winning. Um, we're talking, I mean, Vesepia, 
grinded her way to the end. You had an all black final tribal with Earl, Vanessa, and Dreams in Fiji. I mean, this is like, and that was what, 15 years ago? Um, like, there are some very influential, like, strong, strong black players who have played before. And I think to go back, it, we're taking a step back here when we start bringing this up again. Because um, I don't, I, you, we said with the Roxroy thing, you're like, yeah, that was the, the emotional decision for high would have been Romeo strategic was Roxroy. And I think at the same time that you could say, um, you know, like subconsciously, there's no way to prove or disprove how you feel. There's no way to prove or disprove why, like, I, I, like it's, it's hard to say why each player gets voted out. I would say, there there could be a like racial component to it i there depending on how much you listen to this stuff which i kind of do a lot um an in group and out group thing um more so than a than a race based thing but in groups can be racial and and so like when there's a lot of white people on the season they will tend to stick with each other just from like thousands of years of evolutionary biology. Um, so like, this is, I'm not saying it's not a thing. Um, I'm just saying that there's been a lot of players who have done some phenomenal work in the past that just kind of get cast aside because of how these players are feeling now. I think that that's fair. That's fair. I mean, like Jeremy and Natalie, both and Natalie, not black, but a woman of color, both played two incredibly strong winning games when when they when they won. Um, Yule and Cook Islands as well. Um, you know, it's a little different, you know, Asian versus Black in this specific situation, but big picture, I think it the, the speaks queen, to the same thing. The queen is uh, is Sandra. I mean, this is yes, yeah. So I not to not to rant about it too much. I think that. Like you and me and and a bunch of people listening would actually end up agreeing on a lot more when it comes to this stuff than it than it sounds like. Um, it, it's just stuff that like, as far as survivor goes, it's it's not something that I I would rather you and me be talking about other facets of the game in this podcast. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is maybe the longest we've gone on one single topic ever, and deservedly so. It was a, it was a big moment. In, was what the whole show was about. And I honestly, mean, what was pretty much an otherwise bland episode, I thought. Yeah, so other, than, uh, other than the misogyny, too. <laughs> so. um, I guess with that, I mean, there's no good transition. Do you want, is there anything else that we didn't cover? I mean, we'll come back to Tribal Council, so if we miss anything, we maybe hit on again. Or should we just hit that, smash that, that time turner? and start at the beginning here <laughs> yeah i we can go back and then i'll kind of chime in along the way with uh with my mental notes that i was taking gotcha all right uh so we get back from camp after the last vote and romeo and high are a little a little bit at each other's throat high he he, he got the one stray vote from romeo in a confession he goes ah one vote not that big a deal 
His actions would say otherwise, though. Yeah. I had no flashes, flashes of Lex in Africa of, yeah. of the who voted for me, just trying to pin it down. Romeo straight up said it's not him, but High pretty easily figures out that it's Romeo. Um, and so Romeo's got some damage control do, to do there, but he's not looking too, too safe the way things are going. Then our guy, Roxroy, he, he does some quick math in his head, Jared. So he's not, he's no dummy. He realizes there are more men than women and choosing one single factor to align a majority alliance that always works out for everybody. Um, Cause as, as the, the, the feared women's alliances and how often they, they've worked, um, this has to be the right way to go for strategic mastermind Roxroy, who's been a, to be fair, he's been a joy to watch. He just has no strategic mind whatsoever, but I have thoroughly enjoyed him in, on, on his, you know, mid, mid length run on this season. Yeah, for for the amount we've seen too, I feel like he's he hasn't been necessarily one of the more featured players, but um, yeah, definitely from what we've been given, he's made the most of it. Yes, one hundred percent. So he goes he goes in with with Jonathan Jonathan and Mike um, to promote this guy's alliance. They're they're all aboard, and then he wants to bring in Omer and Hi. Little problem there though. Is that he hasn't worked with either of them? <laughs> the literally the only thing he's going off of is they're all guys. So let's let's band together. But he hasn't bring in Romeo. No, no. Um, well, and oh, go ahead. Yeah, you got to leave someone to vote out. True. Uh, so Omer, Omer, and High, you know, they they placate him, but they're just like, yeah, this guy's. What is what is he thinking? Why would we want to work with him, especially? Yeah in this scenario when you're just excluding tight numbers of our own alliances. Yeah. Get lost guy. So Rockstar is not looking great either. Um, we get to the immunity challenge and we knew this was coming from the preview from last, last week. They're splitting them into two groups of five and two, tra- two travel councils, two immunity winners, two players voted out. I hate this. I hate it. It was our worst fear. I mean, at least at least we knew what was happening or with a fairly high degree of, cer- of certainty because this is how they always do it. But it just it just neuters the pre-tribal like scrambling, if you will. Yeah, because you're incentivized to play it safe. We saw it here with Jonathan. He wanted to go big. Right person. Terrible time to do it. The plan can unravel so easily. You're, you're the game is encouraging the players to just play it play it safe when you have a group of five to to work with yeah and this also i think is bad for the people with advantages too because like if we're going to tribal council and i'm one of four people sitting there and i have an idol i'm i'm just gonna auto play it probably like i it just totally takes that decision out of my hands later in the game because i mean the you're never gonna even if you save your idol to the latest possible point there's still six people left in the game and here there's only five like this is yeah um on a number of levels not not one of the not one of the best episode uh, themes yeah and it and it leaves players very little room to maneuver now you can argue that there's always a way out, but sometimes there is no way out. 
And if if you're if there say there's two competing groups, six and six and four, or seven and three, and one person it becomes a four one in that group of five, that group of four, they're tight. They have no reason to even entertain an idea. Maybe the shot in the dark, but even still, it's a three-one-one or three-two at that point as a safety. So it doesn't really matter. It just it just makes it so much less intense and less fun to watch, like the the vote strategy play out when they have it this way. Um, but anyway, they're also playing for reward, uh, some beef and veggie kebabs, and it's it's a classic one. Didn't even do a fun challenge. It's just standing on the narrow perch in the water. Last one standing in all wins reward for their for their group. Uh, so the the two two groups are Mike Roxroy, Omer, Rome, Romeo and High, Lindsay, Jonathan, Marianne, Tori, Drea. High and Jonathan both win. Jonathan outlasts High for the food. Uh, so on the, the orange the orange group, our guy Roxroy he's he's feeling great. He's got, including himself, four four of his dudes and Romeo. Doesn't even have to, have to think about it. Yeah, um, what was that? The vote is set. It's all the over. Set. The vote is set. Um, but again, Omer and High don't necessarily want to work with Roxroy. Um, but High kind of, High is kind of the, the deciding factor here because he doesn't want to work with Romeo either. He doesn't like Romeo, but Roxroy is the strategic choice here in his in his mind although i do think romeo's a bigger threat to win than Roxroy. yeah so i think you could have made the strategic argument that that romeo was the play but if high and omer want to work together and omer wants to work with romeo over Roxroy, then he's got that piece to to factor in as well so there, there's a few layers there which at least makes makes it a little interesting but it seemed kind of certain that this was going to fall on Roxbury. I thought. Yeah. Um, part of uh, one thing that just bothered me a little bit to it. And sadly, or a little bit was I've become, and I, I don't like even saying this, but it's true. I've become far more sensitive to the issue of, like for example, um, Roxroy goes up to High. He's like, "Hey man, this and this is beforehand. This is before this uh, group of five was created." But hey, like, look how many guys we got. Like, let's let's form a guys alliance. And High, High just goes, "I'm not gonna be part of your misogyny club or something like that." He said and that in like, the confessional. Yeah, it's like, buddy, like. So we're we're just calling all guys misogynists now. It's like, it's yeah, it's it's not misogyny unless the reason you're forming the group is to vote out women because they're women. Yeah. And so I it's mean, not misogyny unless it's misogyny is basically what what we're saying. And this this had no implication or did not come off to me misogynistic at all. Yeah. And it was um, a bad strategic decision. I'll gi- I'll give them that. But yeah. I don't think the reasoning was was ill will whatsoever. No, and um, I, it's just funny to to call the stay at home dad a misogynist. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> pretty 
pretty <laughs> ironic, but um, good point. The, as far as the other the other tribe goes, um, this came up too when Jonathan is immune and he's trying to swing a huge vote to take a major player out of the game. And instead of saying that he's being like overpowering or controlling because he has this power in the game now that he's only doing it because he's the only man on the tribe that that's the reason that's the reason why this is happening and it's like i think i missed it who who said that i think it was marianne when he was trying to uh trying to sway her to vote for drea and she said she didn't like being treated like a little kid, but I believe, no, I think it was Lindsay. I think it was Lindsay actually. Um, well, neither of them are very happy with him for different yeah, reasons. Yeah. But I, my point is, uh, but yeah, we don't have to go no through. matter what Jonathan did not handle. I mean, just proved again that he's not a very good, strong strategic player with yeah. the way, he, the way he handled all of this, but no, not at I've all. got, I've got one or two things left on the orange before we jump yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, just another another example of why the split group sucks because Mike want he was fine with the Roxbury vote, but he was hesitant to do it because of how it would play to their other members of his alliance on the other group. Again, incentivizing a safe play, even when the arguably better move was right in front of him. Now, granted, he did go ahead go ahead with it, but it made him hesitate where he should have had no reason to hesitate. And that's the difference between a good strategic player and a Jonathan or a Roxroy that Mike is concerned about the social dynamics so much that he's thinking about the people who aren't even involved in the vote. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was actually really impressed yeah. with that. I mean, it seems like it should be an obvious thing to take into account, but I feel like that gets overlooked all the time. If you're separated that you're so focused on the, what are we doing? that you don't think about how it affects people who maybe aren't, aren't there in this case, who aren't, won't be at your tribal council. Yep. Mike so. continues to get a great, great edit. Yeah, I know. I know. So, uh, we'll, yeah. And I guess it's becoming like early on, he had a few, a few blunders it seemed, but as the season goes on, he seems to be getting stronger and stronger as far as gameplay. That's what you want. Uh, but yeah, so on onto the blue, Jonathan, again, terrible timing, I think, to make a big move. Yes, go after Drea. She's a strong player, clearly. She has all sorts of advantages. She needs to be taken out at some point. Don't do it when there's five of you and things can go so wrong so easily. Even, even if the whole discussion that happened at Tribal didn't happen, there was a good chance she was playing her idol anyway, which then there's a good chance Marianne plays hers anyway. You're in the exact same situation. Yep. Yep. So, but but Jonathan, there. Um, let's just go over. We love the guy, but gotta 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 call him out when you when you when you fumble the ball. Well, I, I love to be fair. I think it's yeah. I think it's fair to criticize him for this. I think it's fair to defend him for some other things. Yep. So he, he's talking to Marianne about taking out Drea. And then he tells Marianne that, <laughs> that she's going to be the decoy vote. He goes, Smart. we're going to tell, tell Drea to vote for you. Great. People love being told they're the decoy vote. Andrew Savage had his downfall 
because of this exact thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, in Survivor, anyway, you never want to just dictate the plan to somebody. But especially if you're asking someone to be the decoy vote, that's got to be handled very delicately. Uh, delicate's a good word. Yeah. Yes. And so she's, of course, not thrilled with that, um, as nobody would be. Even in that plan, no one wants to be the decoy vote. And Jonathan knows about Marianne's idol. He's incentivizing Marianne to play her idol, which maybe he wants, but he's just not even considering the fact that Drea might play hers. And then where are they left? And Lindsay says exactly this when they're on the beach. He's saying he's telling him the plan. And Lindsay says, well, what if Drea plays hers and then Marianne plays hers? And then there's like a three second pause. <laughs> Jonathan just staring at her. And maybe the maybe the funniest moment of the season so far right that there. was really good too and then his response is well yeah let's think about that let's think about that for a second it's like <laughs> yeah dude let's think about it <laughs> yeah and 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 so Lindsay wants to switch or have drea vote tori and jonathan apparently completely unaware of how those two feel about each other is afraid drea is going to tell tori this uh-huh. Voting Tory makes sense as a primary plan. I don't think uh-huh. Drea would have questioned that in the least. Not at all. Not at all. That I mean, that was the end result. That was that would have been if you just looked at this makeup of the tribe and you said Jonathan is immune, here are the five people who is going home. Your first instinct is going to be Tory. Uh-huh. Now, if there's a if it was a full tribe of all 10 people, yeah. Maybe you try to target Drea because there's a little more cover if you get double idols played. Group of five? I would think not. Um, so that's that was that. I mean, that was kind of the fun part of the of the episode is just seeing Jonathan finally win immunity, which everyone has been expecting, it seems like. And then just, I don't know if he let the power go to his head or if he just got kind of drunk with the immunity power. I guess it's, that's the same thing as letting it go to his head. And just didn't he just had like a word vomit of of his plans and i don't know if he thought them through or didn't think them through and i'm not sure which is worse yeah i i think he's a surface level thinker where like the strategy is cut and dry here's who we should get rid of and uh i i honestly think his backup plan was marianne because she annoys him yes Yes, I, I don't think it was a coincidence that he that he chose Marianne as a backup. But again, group of five, just take the hit. If you want to go after Drea, fine, but make Tori the decoy. Yep. Yep. Agree. Seems like it should be obvious, but suppose not. Let me get back to the famous travel council and Jared. Again, no jury entrance. I don't know yep. what, not not the thing to to complain about or sound off on this week, but I'm going to. Why, why not? What what are they accomplishing by not having that? I could make a poorly timed joke about why they didn't show the jury, but I will not. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> it's it's um, literally only positive or neutral comes from bringing yeah. in the tribe and yeah. then bringing the jury in. 
yep um that's just one of those classic things that they've faded out over the last couple of years and yes and i i i concede it's kind of a silly thing to get worked up about it doesn't change the game but if you're looking for things small things that are fun that the that the audience can enjoy mm-hmm. that's one of them i love seeing people walk in and give the players the stink eye or when when they someone comes in all you know dolled up or in like a nice shirt and pants outfit and they just like flash them a little look or a wink i love those moments yeah and the thing in big picture too like the reason why survivor is so consistently rated well is that it's the same people watching every season like what's the what's the variance in like how many people leave or like what's the turnover rate in viewers every year like five percent i i would imagine that actually i i i never look at at numbers because one i don't know what a 1.7 like means um like a rating scale whatever it is but i would guess it's not very good true and I was trying to come up with a joke, but I, I blanked. So no joke. Um, I made one for you. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine that last season and this season would are probably primed for the biggest drop off. Actually, actually, no. I would say thirty nine probably saw the biggest drop off. Mm, yeah. From yeah, was, from just oh, like one. From, from single season to season. But yeah, because I, 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 it's a great point. Because if someone leaves Survivor, I doubt they're coming back to it anytime soon. And if someone sticks with Survivor, I doubt they're leaving it anytime soon. Yeah, and for, so what I'm saying is like, you have appealed to the same 95% of your viewers for the last 20 years. And what they like about the show, and I'll say this from my perspective, is Jeff's catchphrases, which, well, bye, bye, bye. Um, One of them. Yep. And then you have uh, a lot of like the tribe interactions and just like getting to know each other, camp time, which they've done a little better at bringing back this year, but still not a great job. And then yeah, stuff like this tribal council thing where they show the jury walking in and you get to see everyone, what they look like in their normal their normal clothes, maybe dressed up a little bit, like after seeing them starving and sweaty and dirty for three weeks. Um, and now they're just getting rid of a number of these things and they're trying to reinvent the game. And it's like, man, I mean, sure, like, maybe you take a couple of risks and increase your viewership, but what, what's a success? Like 20%. Like you're, you're risking losing way more than that by making these big changes. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not like the, when they took out, what was it called where they would, when they went to the final challenge and they would, look back on all the players that have been voted out mm-hmm. whatever that the rights of something right of passage was it the right of passage I, I don't know it doesn't sound right but anyway you yeah everyone knows what we're talking about one of the dumbest things 
that the show ever did. And it took like five minutes every episode that they, <laughs> I mean, granted, it was one episode a season, but it took a long time to get through. Cuts like that, I get. It adds nothing to the show. Five minutes in a show like this can add a lot to it. The jury entrance, 10 seconds. There's a, there's a, when you get the large jury, two seconds when you bring in two people. So it, yeah, things like that, that there's trying to get too cute with it. Not everything needs to be tweaked or changed. Yeah. Um, it's like on this last season of Australian survivor, they, they still did the, did the jury entrance and again, 10 seconds tops, lots of fun. People are laughing, smiling, winking, giving them looks, you know, people are coming and showing off their outrageous outfits. It's fun for everyone. Yep. Survivor should be fun. And that's one thing, one easy, fun thing to keep. The the jury entrance used to be such a big deal that the greatest player of all time almost got permanently kicked off the show for <laughs> wanting to appear in his choice of clothing. I'm always here for a good dragons reference. Always. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Still, still one of the best all-time stories. Anything in Survivor just fantastic if you haven't read that dalton ross has a a long article in oral history on on the heroes versus villains dragons uh, ponderosa band headlined by coach himself it's an incredible read it's it's fan it's long very long it is one million percent worth it it's it's long but i would have kept going oh yeah it's long because it had to be long there's no, there's no short version of that story. Um, it's search that out. If, if you're looking for something fun to read, you know, before going to bed tonight or just whenever, just pick that one out. Dalton Ross, EW, Dragons, Heroes, Villains. Yeah. Bring it right up. Fantastic stuff. Um, it's it. So then I think with the, with the Orange Group Council, we didn't discuss it other, other than Rockstar going, going home, but I don't really have anything to, to say about that. I guess the only question is, do you think, I guess there's two things. One, was Roxbury the right choice? And two, should Romeo have played a shot in the dark? I, I don't think he was the right choice. I, I guess it depends. Um, I think Romeo is marginally a bigger threat to win. I don't think his social game has been off the charts by any means. Um, neither one has proven to be a huge challenge player. I just think that Roxroy has more or less eliminated himself by his style of play. And judging from his strategic prowess today, um, not too many people would have respected that as far as like final jury votes go so i i don't see what the harm would be in keeping him longer i think that romeo is way more unpredictable mm -hmm. and um has shown he's willing to cross lines and um he i would i would be much more worried about him but i don't know if either one was a huge threat to win the game right as it stands now i don't think either one is or was but I think if you're talking potential, Romeo's was miles better, higher yeah. than than Roxroy's. But I think it's that that Mike High Omer 
and how those three kind of coalesce together and how close they are with each other, Mike and High and High and Omer and who they wanted out. So, so I think the another reason why it sucked having two tribals because we didn't get all the conversations that I'm sure were happening to explain further how that decision came to be. Because I think there's a, a reasonable decision or reasonable reason, I guess, for choosing Roxroy, but they didn't have time to show it with everything else they had, they had to fit in that I think they could have discussed it and described it in a way that makes even strategic sense. Um, but do you think Romeo should have played a shot in the dark? Oh, yeah, I forgot to answer that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll say yes. It, it's an interesting spot to be in because if he does say he plays it and, and is safe or he, he plays it either way, if he's not the vote, it's a 2-2. Him, I mean, worst case, worst case, I should, I, I'm sorry, worst case is it's a 2-2, him and Roxroy. And they probably vote Roxroy, I'm imagining. Um, but I guess, does he tell them he's going to play a shot in the dark? And does that piss him off that he potentially messed up their chances at it? I, And then there's the other thing is kind of like what, um, I can't remember who it was. Blank on it. Anyway, does his playing his shot in the dark then sow distrust in the rest of the group going forward? Was it kind of a calculated risk to not play it? That's, I guess, probably the biggest upside I can think of. Um, yeah, my my only reasoning for playing it is that if you think your name is one of the main ones on the block and there's only four people up to be up to be voted out, that's what my gut would tell me. Um, but then again, that that might be more of the Jonathan strategy of this is uh, this seems like the right thing to do after two seconds of thinking so. I'll play it. Yes. Um, speaking of the shot in the dark, though, blue the blue group. Wow, that was interesting. Yes. So when they get down to it, Jonathan is immune. Drea and Marianne both play their idols, leaving only Lindsay and Tori. And the three, the three immune players, Jonathan, Drea, and Marianne, all say their votes going to Tori. So, of course, Tories. So they got to the point where they, they said they were going to have the an open tribal pretty much and do their votes there, not use the urn and all that. So Tory at that point, obviously, is going to play her shot in the dark, which I thought kind of sucked because she probably would have played it anyway, given that both played their idols before the votes were read. But she may not have. If they went to vote and they hadn't played their idols yet, she maybe would have kept kept her vote. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I I I just got I got sidetracked because I remembered uh, one of my favorite things about Tori this episode was her giving Roxroy the big sass yes. when yes. she walked in. The most sarcastic, sad look ever. And that was she had one of the most intense eye rolls I've ever seen when she could see the writing on the wall that <laughs> she was going to be ousted. So th this, this vote, the actual vote part of it is very interesting because 
nothing was really keeping Lindsay from also playing her shot in the dark. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to bring up. I mean, when when Lindsay opted not to, I was like, did she already use hers? Or like, what? Yeah, what's going on here? And because um, it's like, well, if Tori, if Tori's shot in the dark works, you're the only player that can. And this is this is what you and me were afraid of, too. There's so many idols in the game. Jonathan's got immunity. If both of their shots in the dark hit, what? Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. What happens? It, like, they can't take away immunity from somebody. They can't say, oh, your shot in the dark was played second, so it's, it's null and void now, so you're actually going home still. It's broken. Yeah. I wonder... I wonder if maybe off camera there was a discussion about like since Tori played her shot in the dark, like there needs to be someone left who isn't immune. So maybe they didn't let Lindsay play hers. I don't know how that would be fair though. I, I would I would hate that. Yeah. I thought about that too. I didn't even want to say it because of how much I would hate it if it were true. That would maybe be my least favorite production decision ever. If there is a scene of Lindsay saying, I also want to play my shot in the dark because my vote does not matter. I want to play it. And they said, no, you can't. Tori already played hers. In this in this case, you can't. I'd be furious. I, I do hope that someone asks Jeff about that to get an answer because they have to have a plan in place because if these idiots are putting out a thousand idols and things like that, they're having their shot in the dark, they're doing this small group tribals, they have to they're good at their jobs they they know how these things work they know it's a possibility yes yes but i doubt we will get an answer unfortunate all the questions that we want answers to we probably won't get most of them at least um but yeah that one i'm very curious about that is maybe going to be my most most desired question to be answered at some point this season. What happens if literally nobody is immune or is safe, is vulnerable? Jeez. If literally nobody can be voted for, I'm assuming it's just done. Like they just, okay, no one goes home this time, but I want, I want to know for sure. I mean, that would be the best case scenario, I think, which is a bad best case scenario. Yep. All of that for literally no payoff. All right. Well, covered a lot there. A lot of, a lot of good stuff, a lot of uncomfortable stuff, but um, I think we, I think we went well. I think we, we handle it. Okay. Given that oh. it's not an area of expertise by far for either of us. It's um, not, it's not, but you never know. You can, you can think you handled it well and mean well, and that doesn't get you a whole lot of places sometimes. Okay. Um, Anything else before I see if our girl Lydia had any tweets from tonight? I I have a couple other questions, but I won't. Well, we'll wait. We'll, I'll, yeah. No need, no need to spend more time talking about it. Okay. All right. Lydia Chlamydia. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Only one tweet about Survivor. Uh, It's just, I'm sure you've seen 
um, the 2019 movie Little Women, the big movie guy that you are. Yes, several times. It's actually a really good movie. Um, I love it. Um, but there's so she she just tweeted hashtag Survivor with there's a clip. I don't know how to describe this. Someone hasn't seen it. There's a clip in the in the movie where Saoirse Ronan, best actress on the planet right now, just want to put that out when she's talking about finding her way in life and all of this, there's a point she, where she gets to, and she just says women and there's, there's like more to it, but it's a, it's a very popular, like, like gif and, and meme. And so it's just a picture of her with the word, with the word women. So I'm not sure at, at what point she tweeted that um, during the episode. Oh, seven, seven fifty five. So probably for, for Drea and Marianne um, only survivor tweet though. But she just had one other good tweet. Did you watch The White Lotus? It's a show. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So it's a it's a valid question. Still no. super popular show. Um, it's also created by Mike White. I'm in. I'm 100 percent in now. And Alec Merlino plays a bartender on the show. I'm a little more out, but I'm still in. It's a great show. But um, there's a there's a another a tweet update saying Jennifer Coolidge and Aubrey Plaza share some scenes together on season two and Lydia quote quote tweeted that saying I'm going to projectile vomit out of utter happiness <laughs> okay so even though she's not full-on survivor mode anymore we're still uh still finding ways to, to work her in because she is just a national treasure um anything else no okay uh then just one Scheduling note for next week. Episode might be out on Friday instead. Your boy is going to an early screen of Doctor Strange on Wednesday of next week. Um, so depending on how that timing works out, we may or may not be able to record on Wednesday night, in which case we will record Thursday night, be out Friday morning. So we'll see. If it's not out Thursday morning, it'll be out Friday morning. Um, just one thing to note. And I think with that, that closes us out for this week and we'll see what next week brings in terms of controversy. If there's any fallout from the tribal council conversation, if they bring in the other group who weren't privy to that conversation and how all that goes, or if they just blow by it with whatever, we'll see how they handle that, which could be interesting to talk about. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure you are subscribed to Talking Llama, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen. Uh, and please, you know, rate, review really does help us. Uh, if you'd be so kind, five-star review. Super nice rating because we would very much appreciate it. And you can be sure to follow us on Twitter at Llama Talk Pod, on Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. For Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambridge. And we'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Crispy.